to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh hey, hey, if you are obedient you are calling the bible alaba shake bredo sokolo hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 i feel the anointing to teach this thing the light if the light goes on it's not enough it's not enough for the light to go on the bible says the light shines No, my life will not just go on. It's not enough that you clear. You have to be excellent. Your life, no, no, no. It's, it's not enough that you feel perfect. And he has put all things under his side, under his side, at arm's length. Where has he put them? Somebody shout it under my It's what have you begin becoming bad. Sometimes they cut them off so that the rest of the body does not experience what that experiencing. Even in the body of Christ you can have a diseased branch. And sometimes it reaches a place where the best thing to do is to cut it off for the sake of everyone else. So there is a wisdom in excommunicating someone who is sinning. It's not just a matter of hatred. We are not wiser than God. You understanding that? <clears throat> But the opposite is also true that when one person begins to express something that begins to pull the blessing of God it begins to bless everyone the opposite is equally true sometimes i know personally that the reason a number of you are getting blessed a certain way is because of my my devotion towards God <clears throat> my devotion towards God I know that when I bring you into that place of prayer and fellowship with God, my personal intimacy with God, God begins to do things for you, not because of you, but because of me. I'm, I'm, by, by the way, I'm not saying this to boast that me I've got this deep relationship with God or anything. No, <clears throat> I say this with all humility. There's a point where Paul said, "And my God shall supply your need." Have you noticed? He didn't say our God. He was trying to tell them something. He was trying to show them, "I'm bringing you into a personal." Haven't you noticed that there are some people who it seems, it seems they have a strange relationship with God. It seems things just work for them a certain way. You can observe. I don't try so hard to pass exams. I don't fast so much and pray so much to pass exams. No. I don't try so hard to have money. I don't. I didn't struggle so much to get married. I didn't. And it was God who was guiding me in all these areas. So you can look at someone's life and you can see there's something on this person. So it can reach a place where that person says, "I'm bringing you into this stream of relationship I have with God." Then you begin flowing in that grace. Are you saying that? But it may also mean there are certain things that they did for God to have to give them such level of access. or there are certain things they learned that maybe if you associate with them you equally learn you see that the opposite is also true let me give you examples of diseased branches if if people are bitter a bitter person eventually can become a diseased branch because they can now begin judging every person a certain way haven't you ever met a person who says when i was growing up my father treated me like this so they keep losing every relationship because Every time a man talks to them a certain way, it reminds them of what their father did to them 15 years ago. So boom, they pounce on the innocent young man. So you can find this girl moves from one relationship to the other and three relationships, and until you sit her down and you train her, so you find that she begin affecting everyone in her environment when she's upset that day when she's dealing with it because she's a diseased branch. So everyone will have to feel her. So she'll always be moody. pride can make you a diseased branch because whilst everybody needs you to be there to do something you're walking slowly knowing that they can't do anything without or great you you left your group or something because something is pride it can make you a diseased branch are you saying that 
But when you begin to honor God, when you begin to honor your parents, <clears throat> when, you begin, when you begin to pray, that is also true. It does not just affect you. It affects everyone else. Hallelujah. Yes. So I know. I know. I know what I'm talking about. And when you learn this, there are certain simple things you are going to do. And before you know it, everyone around you begins getting blessed. Your children begin getting blessed. Amen. Not because they deserve it. A lot of times, God wanted to kill everyone in the line of David. But he would say, I remember the covenant I have with my servant David. I remember the covenant I have with my servant David. He would say, because of my servant David. David has been dead 250 years. This king is ungodly. He is messed up. He put the two S's in the mess. But then God can't destroy him because he's looking at the covenant he had with David. Because there's just something that David did. David said, I will save you all of my life and I want to build a temple for you. Then God is moved by him and he says, ah, this boy is after my heart. Then God in his excitement and his being chaffed says, no one shall ever leave your throne. It didn't matter the person was a mess. It didn't matter as long as God had made a covenant with David. His seed shall sit on the throne forever. Even now, the one who is king of kings is the son of David because of what David did. <clears throat> are you seeing that? And so, there are things that you do and people begin to prosper, not because of them, but God remembers a parent some 20 years ago who did something that moved his heart. And it may, it may have not even been as great because maybe she didn't have as much money or as much money but then, in, 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 in the percentage of what she could do, she still served God and moved his heart. And God said, your children will never struggle. Hallelujah. Lord. It's the same thing that we've been discussing today uh, uh, for, the, for the past few days. Because what, uh, for the past two weeks, one week, we started dealing with uh, a mastery of warfare. The reason why I'm getting back to this teaching is because I've noticed that it appears that some Christians seem to struggle with the same things over and over again. And as at the are you able to, to hear me, all of you? And by the time you ought to be teachers, sometimes you're being taught the same things. Because there's just a spirit that keeps putting you in the same place. I was telling someone that there's a difference between what is legal and what is happening. For example, we all know that what is written in the law is that there must be no theft. Theft is illegal according to the laws of Zambia. That is supposed to protect all the citizens, right? Because parliament passed that law <clears throat> and it's been strictly interpreted by the judiciary. So we understand that <laughs> you have to reach a point where you become a master. When you're getting a master's, it means you've learned something that puts you at an advantage. You didn't just do undergrad. If you've been tormented for a long time, you know, I, I used to be asthmatic. <clears throat> and for the longest period of time, I even knew the medicines. I became a master. I knew all of them, Ventolin. I knew all of them, Aminophilin, Sabutamol. I knew all of them. I knew the good mornings. I even knew the ones that work better for me. I even knew they used to give me a hormone sometimes if the medicine doesn't move, like adrenaline shot. I, but I was, like, I was like in grade, maybe grade two. I knew them. I even knew the doctors by name. I knew them. That's how sickly I was. I became a master. I even knew at, mm -mm, I should avoid that kind of food. I should avoid that kind of environment. I became a master at my sickness. I even knew my parents didn't have to take to, 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 to steam me. I would do it myself. And I knew exactly which VIX is working properly. So I would get that brand and put it and steam myself. Then stay in, 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 in very hot places so that I do not expose myself. I became a master at it. You can become a master at understanding your pain. Even though no, when I feel like this, I just need some time alone. You become your own nurse of your affliction. And this is what happens when people spend a long time in a condition. They become used. Have you ever visited a house and it's so dirty and you're like, how do people live here? 
<laughs> and sometimes you wonder because they, they themselves are looking so good. But when you go to their house, you are like, sis, how? How? You wonder, how do people manage? And then they are so hospitable, they want to give you water. <laughs> and as they are fetching from the dispenser, it sounded like, a, like the throat. Gubu, gubu. Kubiu, kubiu, kubiu. Then they give you. Then you have to drink out of ketis. Look, when you visit other people's houses and you feel like this house is so clean, don't just say it's their, it's their lot. No, be inspired then go clean yours. You can get so. Have you ever watched Shrek? You know, Shrek got comfortable in his date. Like he would wake up, then he'd get dead, brush his teeth. Did you ever. You, you go and watch, watch Shrek. <laughs> you will see what I'm talking about. You can become so comfortable. <laughs> In a condition. Do you remember the man who was, who, was, who was paralyzed, was an invalid for 38 years? Even when Jesus came and told him that um, you are going to get at, at Jesus came, he couldn't design Jesus because he was so filled with his pain that it became difficult for him to notice that his healing had come. So Jesus tells him, uh, would you like to be healed? Instead of saying yes, he starts saying, ah, it's been 38 years. Matter of fact, I remember in the 27th year. <laughs> no one was able to throw me here. People always jump before me. Nobody likes me. Nobody understands my pain. And you know this generation, I've told you, this generation prides in pain. They are like, oh no, just what I'm going through. Nobody understands me. Then they put every rap song about a guy who's just in pain and is broken. They, they, are, ah, they are so used... You know, a lot of times, and I'm telling you this, a lot of times I've had situations where people come here and they, um, test, they, they are saying the joy that's going on and they are offended. They're like, how are these people so happy? How, are these, how can you be this happy? They don't know. They don't know. You can become so comfortable in a condition. One time we prayed for a certain young lady at WEM and after she got healed, she was sending a testimony. She said, it feels weird and strange being healthy. Because she's always expecting pain. So Satan wants to condition a person to be comfortable even in poverty. That when people touch a... Someone can touch a 1,000 and be confused. A 1,000. You have too much money, you can go crazy. Yes. That's what poverty, a poverty mentality does. It shrinks your capacity to wield huge amounts of money. That when you are blessed with so much, it bursts, it disintegrates, dismantles, it self-destructs. It just goes crazy. It should be like, if I came to you and I told you, I'm going to give you 100,000, you should say, that's not enough. <laughs> I'm telling you. My <laughs> way. Yeah. Right now, if you gave me a one million, what would it do for me? <laughs> what will it do for me? One million. I need to buy this property. It's five million. One million won't do anything for me. Thank you if you give me. But it won't go far. And when you reach that place where money becomes small, it will be, difficult. It will be, it will be very easy for you to let it go. If I tell you the amounts I let go like this, my wife knows. I let go amounts like this. I was joking with her one time and I was telling her, you know what we are going to do with this salary? She was like, yes, give it as first fruit. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> I, I don't think that was supposed to be funny. That was not supposed to be funny. <laughs> I laughed. So, all I'm telling you is, <laughs> you can be so conditioned in a situation that when you see people driving a Bugatti, you start thinking satanics. (laughs) 
How did they have this amount of money? They thought their ears. <laughs> Being filled with the Spirit brings you to a place where you begin to understand goodness. And when you are filled with goodness, every time anything contrary to the law of goodness comes your way, you immediately react and put it in its place. Let me give you an example. There are people who wake up. There are people who wake up like this. You wake up, then you turn, then you feel, hey, your shoulder. Then you say, ah, it's going to go. Maybe it's just how I slept. You have not yet experienced goodness. When you've experienced the goodness of God, even if you just feel, say, go! Shut up. My body is not supposed to be feeling like this. Makatabas. Out, out, out. Someone, your friend who is used to pain will say, ah, just take a small thing. You're overreacting like this. Ask me. <laughs> I've not experienced the goodness of God. The Bible says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Imagine feeling like a small sharp back pain in heaven. So, our responsibility as Christians is to bring heaven down. So, if you want to bring the experience of heaven down as the scriptures instruct, you can't, be, you, you, you can't allow it. You can't allow it. In your own body first. In your own life first. Ah, this lack, no. <laughs> no. You command money. By the time you are commanding it with faith for 21 days, you'll be amazed where the job will come from. And 21, I just mean consistency. Because some of you, you do it three days, you are tired, it's not been coming. You didn't know that it would come in the first place, that's why you stopped. You were just trying. Why did Elijah pray for seven times? He says, as the rain come, no, he prays. Has the rain come? No, Lord, me, you told me it's not coming, so you do it. You know, the problem that this generation has is they don't understand the times they are in. You, you see, this generation has struggles understanding the generation they are living in. They expect, they expect God to come fight their battles the way he was fighting for the Israelites. So they love every song about fighting my battles. <laughs> They like feeling small so that God can come fight their battles. I will not sing any song. <laughs> because you are so attached to this song, so I won't attack any song. Meanwhile, God already fought all their battles in Christ. And what he did is he said, I've now given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the powers of darkness. I've put my Holy Spirit in you. Imagine your, your 15-year-old son coming to you in the morning. You bought breakfast, you brought bread. You said, Mommy, come make us breakfast. <laughs> in a Chiba's voice like that. You wake up, you are hungry. You say, fight my battles, daddy. 15 years old. You would wake up and say, are you okay? No, I'm being humble. So you start checking his temperatures. Is he breathing just fine? You wake up in the morning, you are hungry, you go to the kitchen. You get the half the slice. <laughs> you put butter. You go tell your father, um, <laughs> you, it's your house. You're not a stranger. You are a son of the house. <laughs> and so people are out there saying, Lord, I am weak. Fight my battles. Yet God fought the toughest battle on the cross. And after he fought that battle, he gave you the victory. What the Bible says is he disarmed principalities and powers, shaming them and making them nothing on the cross. And the Bible tells us that 
He marched them naked on the street. He disarmed principalities and powers. He disarmed them. Do you know what it means? It means he just didn't defeat them. He took away their armory. He took away their power and their capacity to harm you. There is no. You understand that kind of thing? So you can't keep saying, I'm struggling with this habit. At some point, the habit has to struggle with you. Every time you just have internet, you would have even flashed your phone, but the links are in your head. Even as you are going to the wrong side, you're asking for forgiveness, but you still go. And you know you don't like it. God, fight my battle. No! He disarmed them. You can't keep... For how long will you keep having bad dreams? You have to come to a certain place of maturity. For yourself, for your own self, at some point the nightmare has to have a nightmare of you. Don't say it's impossible. Don't talk like that. Don't think like that. You see, when I talk passionately like this, it means I know what I'm talking about. I'm telling you what I was through. You people think you have bad dreams. <laughs> and I'm not boasting in the bad dreams I used to have. But they were so bad. And avoid friends who just share with you the same pain. Oh, even if it's me, <laughs> this, this gases thing, ah, me, it does me bad. It can even take three days. I'm just in pain. <laughs> and then you encourage each other. Nightmare. You also had that kind where you can't wake up. Yes, me too. So until someone moves you, that's when you wake up. Yes, Ivan, me. You hug each other. You share. You share each other's pain. Bad friendships. Just because, and then you begin gravitating towards those with the same bad experiences. That kind of behavior is demonic. Yes. It strengthens the bond of pain. It's like people will get careless. At, no, since I'm already positive, I can sleep anyhow. You will get a different strand. You, you had a spirit from <laughs> the ocean, the other one from the mother's side. <laughs> then when you come together now, <laughs> you have both. You see, that's a strange thing with viruses. And there's something so demonic about viruses. They behave like demons. What, what goes on in their heads? They, they go into the bloodstream, they enter. <laughs> it's, it, it's weird. Don't you see it? They enter a cell. They secrete whatever they secrete and they begin to command the cell to begin recreating a DNA after their own kind. Then afterwards, the white blood cell bursts and a lot of them come out of the blood cell to go attack more white blood cells. Some of these, some of these things... <laughs> show you how demons operate. Then they are to keep fit so that you don't defeat them. What they do is they mutate. So that when you find a vaccine, let's say in the first wave, the vaccine that works for that specific pathogen is this kind. So they isolate it. Let's imagine at all they isolate it and they say, oh, we know how to deal with this one. And they start rolling it out. If, if we say there is a second wave coming, that means it's a whole different kind of virus and that kind of sickness, uh, vaccine cannot deal with it. So as at the time you are developing a vaccine, for the next kind of virus, it would have mutated. Are you seeing that? So now they tell you, even after you get vaccinated, you have to wear a mask and social distance. Meanwhile, when you got vaccinated, you got sick for two days. You got worried for a week and fasted for a day just in case. <laughs> Among many other reasons, that's why I can't take a vaccine. Now, what I'm trying to tell you is, you cannot meet a person with another person. You know why you still have a flu? Even after you had one before. Because the one you're having today is different from the one you had the other time. That's why we cannot vaccinate you against HIV. Viruses are strange things. Doctors, am I? I'm, 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 I'm on course. Eh? I'm not very far from the truth. You have to be humble when you have to my educated people. I can be correcting you. <laughs> okay, let me stick to preaching. 
<clears throat> so it's tricky. I read a lot. <laughs> so I'm like, but, oh no, but they've been vaccinated before. <laughs> this one is different. <laughs> this one is different. God will keep you, hallelujah. Now, if you've already taken the virus, I mean, if you've already taken the vaccine, which is the same as taking the virus, don't worry. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And I'm not saying it's a weapon. I'm just saying <laughs> you'll be fine. I just had to find a scripture that fits. You'll be fine. Don't worry. Because remember, even Paul was beaten by a venomous snake. He just shook it in the fire. <laughs> so some of you were forced. It was beyond you. Just shake it in the fire. You catch the revelation? And some of you are going to, from here, to go get the vaccine just so that you can shake it in the fire. Zakude! Highly interesting. Now, at some point, you have to stop mastering your issues and start mastering your healing. At some point, you have to stop mastering your issues and start mastering your healing. A lot of you know these things, but you've not gotten a place where you have a mastery. A mastery. Where you are, where you, when you sit like this, you can tell that there's something going wrong. This is not just normal. And it, I'm not talking about being suspicious. The Bible says, but strong meat is for those who by reason of use, by reason of experience, not by reason of hearing, by reason of use, by reason of experience. You cannot experience anything you do not give yourself to because experience is not theoretical. That means every time there's an attack, you pay attention to what's going on, even in the spirit. You observe the scriptures, you observe your life. Strong meat is for those who, by reason of use, have developed their senses. Your senses can develop. Your senses can develop. And the Bible says to develop between good and evil. By reason of use, strong meat is for those who, by reason of experience, have brought their senses to be able to discern between good and evil. Somebody shout hallelujah. <clears throat> you have senses. Like last night at 01, I'm sitting, and then God, tell, God tells me, but I sense that someone, specific person, is going through something. Now, it didn't come at boom or a word. No. Because if I wanted, I wouldn't have prayed. But then I know that when I sense something like this, then I have to stand and begin praying. And immediately, just one person, I stand and I begin praying. Then in the morning, I discover, no, they were feeling this and that and that and this is what is happening and they are not well. Then someone says, ah, I should have prayed. Ah, I had a feeling. <clears throat> And you will not be promoted to greater heights of the anointing if you do not train yourself to be... <laughs> How do you say to be able to sense... Not sense? If you don't train yourself to be sensible, that's not correct. If you don't train yourself to be able to sense, you, you can insult people. Are you following me? You can tell that there's something going wrong with your child somewhere at school. Not because you've seen them. You can tell what that boy will end up being a smoker like his uncle if I do not pray for him. Because you know sometimes when you begin sensing certain things, it means they are in their early stages. That means it's like the way you sense that you are feeling some kind of way. And immediately you take medication, right? But you know, when the, the pain is full blown, it becomes difficult for you to deal with it. You can sense in the spirit. You know, I was listening to this, the testimony of... Um, uh, some tall guy. Samuel. Yes. Then he says, we prayed together. And then that prayer produced an experience for the man. That pulled him from the grave. That's what prayer does. And you know, sometimes when you pray, you will not even know that someone was preserved. You will not even know it. And sometimes you even look like a fool. Like you, pray. you know, sometimes the temptation with people who flow in the prophetic, is to tell people. Then if they don't listen, it happens, and you say, <laughs> I told you. 
Uh, they not actually, inf- you are just proud. You are just young. Sometimes the proof of the power of a prayer is that there's no proof that you prayed and something happens to prevent it. That's it. So you want to see results because you just want to feed your ego. And then only you, oh great you, get the glory with your gift. Gift is supposed to serve people and when people are served, God gets the glory. Hallelujah. You can be filled with the goodness of God that at the slight presence of evil, you obliterate it so that it doesn't go anywhere. Slight. Slight. The devil shouldn't have too much expression. Just slight. You can have a thought, a bad thought. Suddenly you start looking at a sister a certain way. Don't wait. Bind it. Close it. She's not the one. The same way you are, just the way you are thinking of her is a testimony that she's not the one. Yes! Your thoughts toward her are a witness against your relationship with her. She's not supposed to be the one. Someone says, then how are you supposed to look at someone? There's There's a more pure way. So, that's how it works. <laughs> Whatever I was saying. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. The way you are thinking of her is enough testimony that that's not your mind. Every time you think of her, it's the way the jeans fit. Have you ever imagined her without the makeup? The moment you do, you break up. <laughs> She's not the one. <laughs> That's why I tell this generation, there's a difference. There's a difference between loving a person and loving marriage. I heard a fool on TV saying, you know the reason why I don't want to be with somebody on... Uh, because if you, if you study, a famous fool. Because if you study what happens, everybody gets ruined their relationship because they, they may be dating somebody well, but the moment they start living with them in their house, then they, they divorce. So I would rather just have my girlfriend like that, but then I don't want to stay with her. You know, this is, that's where people have reached. People love people, but they don't love the institution of marriage. And I've seen many fools like that, devoid of understanding. And if we don't teach you some of these things, in the strongest of terms, you flirt with them. You entertain some of these ideas. So I have to call them foolish. So that when you see them, you're like, oh, that's what pastor called. No. Because I'll be ringing in your head. Hallelujah. <laughs> There's a difference. People understand you are going to marry someone. You'll be waking up to their face, sharing the same toilet and bathroom. Sometimes even toothbrushes if you bought the same type. Are you sure? Sir. So. That's why we take people. For me, I begin counseling people when they are dating. Okay? Because I'm getting them ready for a place they are getting to. (sighs) Strong meat is for those who, by reason of use, have trained their senses to exercise. Ability to discern between good and evil. You can sense something before it goes far. Just by the way. <laughs> okay, don't get me started on relationships. Now, so sometimes Satan relies on your lack of sensitivity to keep increasing the level of influence he has in your health. To keep increasing the level of influence he has in your pride. To keep increasing the level of influence he has on your lack. To keep increasing the level of influence he has on your bad thoughts. To keep, to keep increasing. So that every time you tolerate something ungodly, every time you see a sister, you, you see you, this is a school. Even when there's road shedding. <laughs> and everybody hates Zesco. You, you feel it. <clears throat> But you ignored it. 
It's not just Satan you fight. You need to tame the flesh. Sometimes also Satan is looking at your careless in the way you like things. Eh? I, I, was, I, was with, uh, I was with Ataran who were going into town. And then there was this man who was selling something. What was he selling? He was selling nice shoes. You know those people who just sell things in the street? Eh? And then he dangled it in my face and I looked at it. It looked so good. And the man followed me. I nearly bought And then those people, they have a certain training. Eh? It's like they are looking for your eyes. The moment they notice that you are looking at it, they know you are a customer. They will follow you. <clears throat> so it's like you have to focus. You have to train yourself to just look by the side like this and continue. Because the moment they notice that you've turned your head, they are after you. And then the Spirit of God began to teach me right there that that's how the enemy works. The Bible says in, in 1 John 2.15 that if you have the following things, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, the lust of the eyes. So what Satan does is he dangles certain things before you. There are some of you, there are things you love. You need to be careful with your love for them. Because Satan can use it to make you think this is probably the will of God for you. And because you've been so obsessed with it, you induce yourself into a dream and you think that's from God. <clears throat> Yet you've got compunctions about the way the thing is coming. You are like, ah, you know, but then you are like, but I had a dream. And let me just tell you, in the New Testament, we are not led by dreams. Now, God can give you a dream to lead you, but don't idolize dreams. The Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit. Let me, let me tell you what I mean. There are some people who, they will not even train themselves to, to pick the witness of the Spirit. All they want is a dream. God can't speak to them in any way except through a dream. I'm telling you this because I was in this place at some point. Not very far from now. Around 2017. At some point, I was a sharpshooter in my dreams. Ah, uh, you, you think you're joking? I used to dream dreams. <laughs> I even knew, ask my friends, they will tell you, I know he's the one who used to fear. I would say, deaths, what's going to happen? Blah, 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 blah. I would tell them that in dreams. Then one time I dreamt that I cleared eight courses. When I, and, and I never used to dream dream, but when I dream, I knew. <clears throat> I dreamt I cleared eight courses, and I was like, ah, okay, I've cleared eight courses. When the results came out, I cleared six. I was depressed <laughs> for a few minutes. I went to God, I said, but Lord, I never miss. <laughs> then God began to teach me. That your problem is that you began to trust in your dreams and not the giver of dreams. So even, look, when you have a dream, you have to judge it according to the word of God. You just can't say, no, you are my husband. I dreamt you. <laughs> In the New Testament, we are not led by dreams. We are led by the Spirit of God. You have to judge it. It's, okay, this dream I had, yes, but is it according, that, do the scriptures support this kind of thought I had in a dream, even if it's accurate? You had a dream that you left your wife and married that other one. I knew it. I babe, we are divorcing because because you had a dream. You need to be careful. Yes, God will use dreams to guide you. But remember, even when you have a dream, judge it according to scriptures. Also take it to at least two men of the spirit or your friends that are spiritual and they can tell you, mm, I think this is what the dream means. Otherwise, if you knew what will happen is if Satan wants to push you down, he will give someone a strange dream. Ah, the dream you died of COVID-19. Only should catch film. So because you, <laughs> there are times when you hear a dream and you say, God didn't speak. And you move on with your life. <laughs> Do you know how many people have dreamed that have died? People have literally, oh, told me. and then there was that time when they were killing people. Somebody dreamt it. And it was those times when I would go into bushy places to preach. 
But I would receive a dream and I would just say, God didn't speak to this person. And I would move on. I just cancelled it. Why? Because the Bible says with long life I shall, I shall satisfy him. And the scriptures, the Bible says we've got a more sure word of prophecy. Talking about the scriptures, the more sure, you can trust them more than your dreams. So, see, you judge your dreams by the scriptures. Someone will just tell you, ah, I had a dream. <laughs> You're even excited. Tell me I've been praying. No, it's bad news. Uh, what happened? Then they tell you everything the enemy wants you to hear. And your faith, because remember, the Bible says faith comes by. Yes. That means it also goes by. Yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> God is bringing us to a place of maturity. In the things of the spirit. I said, I, I dreamt that you were so sick. <laughs> no. Who? And this is some of the, hey, now, which gets me back to the. I haven't even preached. <laughs> I'll preach next week what I wanted to preach. I don't know how I got here. I have been ready to preach for a long time. You know when I was ready to preach today's sermon? <laughs> Years ago. I know because I study the word of God personally. I don't study to teach. I study to learn. Currently, I'm studying two books. I'm studying the book of Romans and the book of John. And I stu- what I plan for my sermon is one thing. Then what I study for my personal growth is one thing. And I'm constantly reading the Bible like that. Before I sleep, I read. And I, I take notes. I'm like, wow, amazing. Because I want to fill my mind with scriptures. Now, before you sleep, you want to read like a Facebook video like this. And you laugh. Then afterwards, you go to, to, to TikTok. You find something. You're not find, you are just finding all the weird things, all the bad videos, cuss words. But then meanwhile, they are entering your head. Eh? Then you have a dream. You are cussing in your dream. Then you wake up. I bind. I bind. <laughs> when you get the book, when you, when you get the, uh, the book, The Art of Dreaming, I, I, I wrote a whole chapter on just before you sleep. I explained something. You can position yourself to receive from God. Let me give you an example. The fact that you came to church means you positioned yourself to receive from God. You just can't say, why doesn't God speak to me? You are a loafer when it comes to church. Why doesn't God speak to me? Why am I always having bad dreams? Sometimes it's because you're not positioning yourself rightly. Instagram will give you dreams. Hmm? Mark Zuckerberg will organize like a dream for you. So what I was saying was, sometimes it's the way you receive your news, that's one way Satan attacks you also. He knows that the only way, all I have to do is introduce a bit of fear. He knows just, just a bit. For some people, just a bit. So you find they had... Uh, Someone has broken their leg. Who? Have you ever met people who receive news like, as if? If they hear someone has died, they want to know what sickness. Then they will go study it just to feed their fear and grow it. For what reason? They don't know. Sometimes when you hear someone has died, just say, oh, sorry, my goodness. Don't try to find out what exactly killed them. At what time did they die? Sometimes the reason why people, the reason why some people want to even look in the coffin during body viewing is so that they can feed their fear. So you see them going. <laughs> it's not because it's not because they missed the person who wanted to see them. It's because they, they just want to see how he was looking in the coffin. <laughs> so that they can be afraid. Like a friend of mine who said, Chintambe Kochiwara movie de they missed being afraid. 
Isn't that bondage now where you miss the feeling? <laughs> you are so afraid. Meanwhile, Jesus said, heard that his best friend, one of his very close friends, they told him he's sick and he has died. He said he's only sleeping. That he, was, he was reacting to the news so that he can release his faith rather negative energy than poor spirit. Sometimes, I need to close this service, but I've got a lot to tell you. <laughs> this is warfare now. I'm teaching you the strategies of the enemy. The strategies of the enemy in warfare. You know, the enemy is not out here. Ah, if you understand this, you become a master at your, firstly, your personal warfare. The enemy is not out there waiting for you in church. Very rarely. When you're lifting your hands and speaking in tongues and everybody's supporting you and there's fire everywhere, he wait for you to go back home. Because <laughs> he knows when you're alone, <laughs> you are naive. So he would just say, oh, I'll go call him church. <laughs> he would just organize a canoe somewhere. Someone has COVID-19. Ooh, if that person can have it. <laughs> <laughs> then who am I? You are shaken. Then now you have COVID-19. <laughs> Symptoms. You begin feeling small, small. Your throat begins to itch. <laughs> Your itch begins to throat. Things begin happening now. <laughs> because you heard that the person you fear is sick. He knows. Not here, here, no. Warfare. Listen, the fullness of warfare. Warfare is not when you are here and you are lifting your hands. Zagabron, no. That's a part of it. That one, you're always beating the enemy. The enemy is waiting for you. He knows. All he has to do is bring you around the wrong people. If he brings you around that kind of environment where they are your friends, your sinner friends, then you can just enter one of them and make you watch the wrong thing. Then boom, you are back to square one. Some of the greatest dimensions of warfare are fought here. In the mind. When you are defeated in your mind, then you are defeated. Satan wants you to worry so much about how things are going to go with your bad CA, if it's going to, if you are going to pass. You know what you begin doing? When you begin thinking like that, your mind is like a magnet. It begins releasing, let me loosely borrow the word, negative energy. And that negative energy begins to pull a spirit. Remember what I told you. And next week we'll get deeper into authors. Because I prepared a whole lot of a teaching on authors, but I don't know how I got here. That becomes a point for him to follow you. Flies don't come until you cooked nicely and there's roiko. Then they start smelling. They will follow the scent. There's a scent you release. Even in the spirit it's like that. That's why the Bible says there's a sweet smelling fragrance. When you, when, you, when you do a sacrifice as a sweet-smelling fragrance, that comes into the environment of God. And when God smells it, he's pleased and he commands a blessing. In the same way, you can do things and the fly will follow that sin. When an animal dies in the bush, the death, it's, it may even take some time. But the moment it begins rotting, then it begins releasing a scent. Then that scent now begins to attract flies. Then you see all kinds, and then the more it rots, the more they flies. Now you begin seeing green ones. <laughs> yes. And you know demons are likened to flies? You know that demon called Beelzebub, if you've read the Bible? Beelzebub means prince of flies. That means even in the operationalism of demonic nature, they wait for a scent. So they look for a signal. And they've got specific signals they look at. 
There are specific scents they look for. Spirits don't just express themselves anyhow. They have to be given a cue. They have to be given a scent. This guy was told, this guy was, this guy was told, your prayers and your givings have come up as a memorial before God. Paul said, when he was talking to the, to the Philippians, he said, I received the gifts you sent through uh, Epaphroditus. And he says, they have become to God a sweet-smelling fragrance. Are you saying that? They've become to God a sweet-smelling fragrance. The Bible says, Noah took of every clean animal and killed them and led them on the altar. Then God smelled a sweet-smelling fragrance. And then he said, in his heart, he said it in himself. He said, I will never, because of that sacrifice, he never said anything until that sacrifice went up. And it provoked God. What sacrifices are you sending? What sweet-smelling fragrances are, we, are you sending up to God? But you can also send a dead sacrifice. Then it goes to the enemy and it attracts a demon. Do not be afraid. And even if you are afraid, start saying, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Yes. Even if you feel like <laughs> this one has shaken me, say, I'm not afraid. I'm not kabaya sakaba in brown degebeshe. I'm the manifestation of strength. Thoughts. Thoughts. I was telling someone, the whole time, the whole time in Matthew 4 and Luke 4, when the enemy was tempting Jesus, the first thing he attacked was his identity. If you are the son of God. He wanted him to be shaken. He wanted him to not, to doubt his son of Godship. Have you ever been brought in a situation where you doubt everything you've learned? When you, when you doubt, do I really believe in God? Or you doubt, does God really exist? If God is really there, it's, 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 it's a challenge against your identity. It's a challenge against your identity. The things I'm going through, am I really, am I really supposed to be alive? Now, some people have taken their lives because they thought, am I really worthy of living this life? Is it worth it living in this life, what I am going through? The enemy is trying to bring them to a place where they question their identity. Does God really have a purpose for me? And after they question their identity, the next suggestion now is kill yourself. Remember, he didn't come with a kill yourself. No. That, those, are the last, those are the big guns. He's not stupid. So you look for situations first, slowly. Slowly. First, you failed your exam. Then, your uncle pulled out of sponsoring you. Then, your boyfriend is tired of you. Then, so, all those things are just adding up. Someone said that the last stage of being single is when you can't remember when last you dated. You, you can't remember. I don't know what that means anyways. <laughs> so it's a journey. Satan takes you on a journey. Come. This is you. <laughs> Remember that Satan works in the background. If Satan appeared and said, Tukalesa! <laughs> in other words, insult God. You will slap him. Bah! Get out from my office. So what he does is, he begins interacting with your thoughts. I'm teaching you how the enemy works. He, he interacts with your thoughts. When I send you a message, on your phone. Get your phone. Let me show you something. Some of you, don't worry, you've never heard this before. Open your phone. Go to the messages I sent you, even if they are very, even if they are very wild. Because sometimes these guys receive rebuking messages. You found? Find a good message. From me. You, want, you have bad messages? No, no, no. I the phone is damaged, so I don't have any... Okay. Okay, go to any group where I said something. Don't read my messages with my wife. Where? In the deacon. For reading, a message for reading. 
They are short. That's how I give you instructions. Okay, don't say the price. Read it. He's going to read it. You need to get this. This is powerful. Somebody say, I received this. So now, I sent a message in the diaconate group, right? And he's reading it. Mm -hmm. Is he the one who wrote this message? But in whose voice is he reading it? But is it his words he's reading? So, when the enemy is talking to you, you will not hear his voice, you will hear your thoughts. Because you are reading his message in your voice. It's a technology of spirits where you think you are the one thinking, but because you are naive, you can't distinguish which ones are your thoughts, you are not trained, your senses have not been exercised. So you think you are the one thinking. Yet, it was not your message. It was the message of the enemy. Because I'm telling you, the enemy is smart. So he will not speak to you. When God appeared before Eve and Adam, and he was against what they did, what he said to Adam was, because you hearkened to the voice of your wife, the earth is cursed for your sake. So the issue was he listened to the voice of his wife. Now, the voice of his wife was not his voice. It was the voice of the serpent. So the voice of your wife in the context of that scripture is not the voice of Eve. It was the voice of Eve, of the enemy. When, 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 when Jesus was listening to Peter, he was able to tell that this is not Peter. Can you listen to a person and, can you listen to a person and tell, get behind me, Satan? If you understand what I'm teaching you, you'll be a master at warfare. When you do that, when you do that, then you also rule over your own flesh. You rule over your own fears. You rule over demons that come to you. This is a place of authority every believer must attain. Every believer must come to this place of authority. All of you must be able to rule your own body first. You must be a master of what goes on in your head. Some people are quick to say, I'm going crazy. I had a friend of mine. <laughs> I had a friend of mine when they had their brother had impregnated someone. He said, I'm, I've lost my mind. Are you the one who got the other person pregnant? You've lost your mind. I had another friend of mine who after they failed the exam, they said, I'm so confused right now. I think I'm going to lose it. <laughs> Afterwards, praise God. <laughs> There's just no failing in my head, at least. On paper, they are lying. Do they know who I am? Do you know the prayers I've prayed? You can't tell me I'm failing. You're joking. That's on paper. Okay, so what the enemy would do firstly. This, I'm telling you this kind of thing. Even ministers, men and women of God, struggle in this area and end up sinning and end up failing. So what the enemy will do is he'll begin sending you messages and you begin decoding them in your voice code. So as you are thinking, you're not reading that this is not a letter from God or from me. This is from the enemy. You are not able to. Hmm... And this is exactly what I mean by he speaks behind you. The concept of behind is not literally behind. It's an illustration. It's that you can't see. And so, the way he is here, he can't see me, right? Mm -hmm. So he will send him messages, but he will also send him feelings. The way I just feel about this thing. And so the enemy now, when he notices that you are buying, into some of these thoughts, then he begins taking you on a journey. And you know, he begins making you visit <laughs> times when you are frustrated. Remember even this time, it's not like you didn't pray. You, know? you actually did pray, but the other person prayed, but they got results. Now you. 
Do you remember this other time? Yes. When you prayed for someone oh, and yes. they died. You prayed for this one. You prayed, you guys. They still died. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's actually true. <laughs> you prayed for this one. Do you, do you honestly think God hears your prayers? You have a point. <laughs> you know where he's going, eh? Now look at your father. You've prayed for the past two days. Do you think it's going to work? Now look at yourself. You've had this COVID-19 for a week. It's not going. Just end it. <laughs> Do a fast one on COVID-19. Before it takes you, take yourself. You're already living in hell. Don't worry. Hell is a concept. How do you know if a merciful God can take people to hell? How do you know? They just exaggerate. Some use tablets. Others use ropes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, no, I'll not finish that part. (laughs) I want you to get your... I want you to get your feet. Just begin thanking God for His Word. Thank you for it has set you apart. Thank him because you will not be a victim of circumstances again. You are a ruler over thoughts. You are a ruler over feelings. You are a ruler over circumstances. You are a master of warfare over your own life.